Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast, or as freaking always, welcome if you're brand new to the show and if you are a first-time listener, this is going to be a fun one to tune in for the first time. But today's episode is actually a bonus episode for the week because this is the second one. I know that I haven't done one in a while. I think it's been probably over a month now since I did a bonus weekly episode. So I definitely want to get an episode out for you guys. And especially with this one, uh, my bonus episodes, I always try to make it more personal and more personalized and catered to what you guys would want to hear. And so this one specifically is a Q&A. And for my Q&As, which Q&As as well, I have not done in a long time, I... I want to preface, it's always just my honest opinion from my experience and from what has worked for me and or what hasn't. So I hope everyone can take it with a grain of salt, not like I said anything controversial um, for that matter, or at least at the, at the very least, I don't think so. But um, I selected three or four questions that you guys submitted and wanted to hone down kind of on a theme, which I feel like for this Q&A is a lot about understanding who you are as a person or learning how to understand and starting to implement steps or work towards becoming the person you want to become and that does involve you know meeting new people in a new city or figuring out what you want to do with your life which I definitely give my peace of mind on that one Um, and I will admit that answer for me is maybe different than what others would say at this current age in their 20s but just hear me out on it and then um, another one I did answer and you can probably tell by the title of this podcast is I did dive into my thoughts on who I quote-unquote think I will end up with which one of my best friends or actually yeah my best friend slash previous co-worker um, he submitted that question and I was like you know what I might as well answer it and share my thoughts on it because um, I feel like A lot of you guys have enjoyed my personal, I guess, sharing of stories about my dating life and just how I approach it. And I do feel like my approach is not unconventional per se, but it is definitely different for someone in their early to mid-20s. I'm definitely mid-20s now. Why am I saying early 20s? (laughs) So, um... Yeah, I hope this is valuable and fun for you guys to listen to. Maybe you're doing laundry, doing something mundane because I think Q&As are just kind of like that fun to tune into while you're doing something else and keeping busy. So without further ado, let's just get into the Q&A and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so the first question is how to meet new people, especially when you don't know many and this person is actually even referring to New York City and that's a great question for me because I am someone that just moved here not too long ago and I personally not to brag or anything but I do feel like I have developed various ways to 
find a way to meet new people and I will say it takes a lot of practice because I've been doing this since college and you know to reference back for anyone that kind of doesn't know my um, you know personal story on that is back in college when I felt like I didn't have the right people around me I started to really like start off on an empty slate and when I was looking for new friends I was really mindful about it and oftentimes when you are actively trying to attract certain type of people into your life, you have to take the initiative to reach out to them. So again, this is me backtracking to four or five years ago when I was doing this. So give yourself some grace if you've never done this before, because then this is kind of like your early journey. But definitely an easy place to start is Instagram DMs. I know that's, uh, you know, for some of you that might be uncomfortable and, um, you know, to even pivot to a tangent, there was a girl in LA that reached out to me over Instagram DMs and asked me to get coffee. And now we are actually um, great friends. And I'm sure she's probably listening to this. So shout out to you, Allie. Um, You know, we became friends and, and she was actually encouraged by a guy that she was talking to, to do that because he had done that as well he reached out to just certain people that he felt aligned with or thought was like-minded you know you shoot your shot and that guy got a chance to like meet that guy for coffee and have a good conversation so he encouraged Allie to do the same so we met for coffee this was way back in May and it was like the weekend before I left for one of my New York visits because I was going back and forth like every six weeks and we just hit it off. And I mean, um, I'm very open to it. I always tell, encourage people, you know, if you follow me and I'm in your city, like you should reach out to me. Um, there's usually a good chance I will say yes. And, um, you know, I think you just have to be willing to put yourself out there if you see a commonality with someone. Like, again, it's it's not really rocket science. It's just a matter of, okay, I see that this girl also, you know, wears this type of clothing and she reads these types of books and like she follows these types of people. So at least that's like a great place to start too. And so I always recommend Instagram DMs. I've done that myself. I've DM'd people back in my day. I've become friends with a lot of people through that and then vice versa. Like I said, I had someone reach out to me and we became friends and she's still in LA, but she's actually moving to New York. Um, in a couple months so we will reconnect then and yeah like I said just started from Instagram DMs but another recommendation I have if you're not so savvy with like reaching out on Instagram DMs kind of thing I would recommend um, you know especially if you live in a city like New York but this is probably applicable to you know LA for sure Chicago San Diego um, Miami like really any major metro city because you're going to be always surrounded by a lot of people you should try going to lunch or dinner by yourself and again this is kind of like level one if you've never done this before I did this back in college even before I turned 21 because I remember I'd go out and then some there by myself I would already be able to like pretend I was 21 <laughs> and so I'd like order a glass of wine and I'd, I'd eat dinner by myself like on a Friday night um the first time I did this was at True Food in Newport Beach I remember that vividly because I was on FaceTime with my friend Edie who's one of my best friends from my childhood and you know, she was like joking with me saying like, oh, I ordered the glass of wine, whatever. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'll do it because, you know, I'm by myself and they didn't card me. Um, but, you know, the point is, is that a it teaches you how to be comfortable with 
doing things by yourself, which I am a big advocate for because I think we can get sucked down a dark path if we start to believe that we need someone to do everything with us at all times and that includes going to the fucking bathroom okay I mean of course I you know sometimes I'll be like hey like you know when I'm at dinner with a friend and it's a big group I'm like hey does someone want to come with me like you know that's a little bit different but if you like are always like oh I can't do something like by myself I'm gonna be honest with you that can and likely will be a red flag for you down the line because you're going to have certain attachment issues and certain fears that are hard to overcome and of course I think all of us have it to some extent but I worked on it so in order to remove that fear I faced it head on by doing what I was scared to do which was to go out to dinner by myself so I was 20 years old at this time and I guess the point is like now leading up to you know where I am right now I'm 24 living in New York I am you know, very comfortable with going to a chic cocktail lounge um, by myself. And I did that for the first time back in August, early August. And this was like right before I moved. And uh, it turned out to be really, really good for me because I remember that day I was kind of feeling in a mental fog. Um, I was just kind of dealing with some more personal like mental obstacles or personal ruts. And was talking to my two friends over the phone and was just very uncertain like should I take a night in you know at my hotel room or should I just try to go out and like enjoy myself and I remember I played some house music when I was kind of like and I was already like ready too. like my makeup was already done just because I had a meeting that day and I was like you know like it's not like it takes much effort to go out all you have to do is like put on a nice outfit and you're done and so I was playing house music as I was getting ready and I was like, you know what, I'm going out, I'm going to own the night. And I was like, okay, this is a chic cocktail lounge bar I've heard of and I'm going to go. And of course I was like kind of nervous, you know, because this is a, a place I've never been to, which again, I'd only recommend if you've gone out by yourself before. Like if you've gone to dinner and you've done that stuff like multiple times by yourself, if you have done that, then doing something like this won't be as mentally hard um but again even for me I was like a little nervous but like not you know for me I just was like you know what worst case you just go home you know like you always got to ask yourself what's the worst case scenario so I showed up um and I remember you know when you're there by yourself and you're like first off when you when you go to any like busy uh, bar or chic cocktail place like you're not going to really have an issue getting in because you're like, you're by yourself. So you don't really need to wait or anything. So I remember walking up, the bouncer is super friendly to me. And he's like, hey, love, like, who are you with? And I'm like, just by myself. And I think he was like, I don't know, shocked, like surprised, but also like, okay, damn, that's pretty cool. Like kind of vibe to me. So he just like gladly like opened the thing, checked my, um, my ID and everything. And then I went up and from there too so now I'm like a regular at this place and he like always recognizes me so I a I definitely never wait anymore and b not that I did in the first place again if you go by yourself like there's really no reason to wait because groups are what takes longer um but secondly it's like he always recognizes my face so I don't have my ID checked anything like that and so I just always go and have a time but now I always bring my friends too but the point is is like that night actually I met two people that I still talk to and hang with to this day and that was before I moved to New York and so now 
every time I go there, one of them is actually always there. So it's like, okay, if I go by myself, I already know someone there, right? And um, the point is, you, you have to just push yourself out of your comfort zone. Of course, again, going out to like, you know, some nightlife place is a little bit nerve wracking. But my key advice there is if you're going to do it, um, dress really well, like don't be like too provocative, but like dress well to the point like where you're really confident, right? So I remember going into that night knowing I looked really good and, you know, my outfit was nice. I just looked very classy and sophisticated and I just felt confident with that look and I could tell a lot of people was just, you know, like was curious about me and in a good way. And I think it helps to be a good conversationalist. Like if you know how to hold a conversation and know how to hold yourself, that's going to be helpful as well. Um, but I remember people would ask me, okay, so what do you do? Like, do you go up to talk to people? And like, yeah, of course. Like, I think it's like some basic questions too, if you guys want any, like some things I'll always ask is like, where are you from? Like, you know, sometimes someone could say Pennsylvania and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like me too. Right. Or if someone says they're, you know, from somewhere in Europe, Um, I remember I've had someone say like they're from Europe and maybe they're from Austria or Switzerland or Germany. So I automatically go like Sprecher Deutsch and like I go off in German on them um, because I taught myself German during all of COVID. Not that I'm like, you know, crazy good at it, but I I know enough more than, you know, I did in before 2020. Um, So, you know, that's kind of how a great way to find commonality. Um, Other things could be like, you know, how long have you been in, you know, your city, right? So for me, I'd be like, oh, how long have you been living in New York? If if they say they live there or if they're visiting, be like, oh, where are you visiting from? You know, so um, it's all practice. So again, there's no way to be perfect at it, but you can practice so you get better at it over time. And then the last thing I have to say on that is um, I'm not encouraging people just to go out to you know whatever like a cocktail lounge and then go that's how you meet people for me personally like my passions lie in music and nightlife in not like a Vegas club way but I just love craft cocktails and really good music um you know my dream career is actually to be a house music DJ so for me that aligns well so I always go to places that I feel like I have a higher probability of meeting more like-minded people or at the very least people with similar interests, right? Like there's a reason why people go to these bars, you know, or these lounges, they dress a certain way, they are willing to pay a certain amount for the cocktails, um, they like the ambiance, like, you know, you. it's like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a sorority where um, certain people just kind of are all on the same level in a sense or are attracted to the same thing or have the same values so that's my philosophy is if you go to those places you have a higher probability to run into someone that has common interests as you and so for me I'm like looking for people for both you know girls and guys whoever that love house music or love you know that kind of ambiance um who love to you know go out and dress nice and love a good cocktail you know so if you want a different kind of vibe, then you just have to go and search for that kind of place. And, you know, it's all trial and error. So that's my recommendation. Basically, if you don't already have friends and you have built some sort of confidence for yourself to go out by yourself, then do it. And if, at the very least, just go to lunch by yourself and bring a book or listen to a podcast while you're eating like or just even observe just just be present in the moment and observe people at the restaurant observe 
how you're feeling, what you're doing in that moment. I love to do that as well. And oftentimes um, you can, you know, meet people there as well because people might strike a conversation with you and, you know, vice versa. You can do the same and you never know where it goes. Are you the type of person that enjoys self-reflection, personal growth, and having purposeful conversations with like-minded people? If you are, then you are going to love the new official What Fulfills You card game, which is available for pre-order on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. This is the perfect conversation starter, icebreaker game to play with friends on a night in with a few glasses of wine, big family dinners, a potential romantic partner, work retreats, and of course, much more. Oh, and I think this would definitely be a fun game for upcoming Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving events. Enjoy 10% off with the code for podcast listeners only, what fulfills you 10 at checkout. That's what fulfills you 10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. The second question is, do you ever feel lonely? If so, how do you cope with it? So I am happy and grateful to say I don't feel lonely, um, you know, ever anymore. But that's not to say I've never felt that. I think the last time would be, I think the last time I felt like senses of loneliness would probably be 2017 and 2018. And that was during a time... I was in the middle of a breakup with um, my ex-boyfriend and, you know, we got back together after like seven or eight months. But, you know, during that time period, I felt really lonely and probably even like when we initially got back together, I think I felt lonely. But what I will say is, in my opinion, I see loneliness as all a mental game and I, I think it's all like mental, right? Like, you know... I live alone. I've been living alone for the past three years. And I know some people will be like, oh, like I feel lonely. And I think the way I resolved it was learning to be comfortable and actually just in love with being alone and having time to myself. I think so often we are caught up with external noise external factors and we're always watching what other people are doing and feeling this FOMO effect and so we have this tendency as humans to like always want to be around someone else and then again you can go down a bad rabbit hole if you are on the extreme side of that and you're like always needing someone around you and the way I got over that especially with starting to love being by myself was just just doing and being it right it's not easy when you start but the way I approached it was you know just again going out to dinner by myself right or reading a book on my own or like enjoying a movie at home like by myself and I think the key is to embrace and do activities that you already naturally love and just go do it by yourself because there's I guess nothing easier than doing something you love, right? Like, why would you need someone to be with you if it's an activity you already love? Even if it's working out or playing a certain sport or watching a certain show, right? If it's already something you enjoy naturally, that's a definitely very easy place to start. And then you build up that muscle over time, right? 
And, um, you know, other things I love to do is I love to go on walks by myself. And, you know, every now and then I, I might feel it, but I mean, I, I don't, it's, it's yeah, I genuinely am happy to say I, I don't really remember what that feels like, but it's about being comfortable with being alone and you have to like embrace it, right? Because the way I look at life too is that no one owes you anything, you know, it's not like anyone really owes it to be with you 24-7 and also you have to realize that there are worst case scenarios where or actually this is inevitable right you're you're going to be bound to lose people in your life and you're going to lose loved ones so it's finding that middle ground of loving being by yourself because you're confident about who you are as well as the other balance of knowing when to want and need to be with someone, right? So I find this as well a powerful stance to come from when you're going into new relationships, when you've had the experience of being on your own, living on your own, and you're confident about it. Because that is often why a lot of people, especially, you know, in my, around my age are always needing to be in a relationship or feeling like they need to be in one and the way I see it is that if you can't face your fear of being alone you're always going to look for a void to fill that so whether that's a relationship or whether that's a surface level friendship and the issue with that is that you're prolonging the root issue the root fear because if you don't face it now and you prolong it, you know, five, ten years because you're filling it with a surface level relationship or a surface level friendship and doing shit that you don't really love, but it's because you are scared of doing it by yourself, you're going to get hit with that fear five to eight years from now anyways, because at some point it's going to be exposed. At some point, someone's going to walk out of your life and then that fear comes about again and so that's what I told myself when I was younger I said this is just a fear and fear is mental and more importantly Emily if you don't face this now when you're 20 it doesn't matter because you're gonna be forced to face it when you're 24 28 whenever it doesn't matter because it's mental so it's gonna come along with you and so I asked myself would you rather take the time to solve it now and so that you don't get hit with this years later or do you want to continue stringing along like nothing is wrong and fill the void and do surface level shit and have surface level friends and from my perspective I was I'm a very long-term thinker too and I'm like fuck no I don't want to deal with this when I'm 28 right that's why they call it the quarter century crisis or you know your mid late 20s crisis before as you start to get towards that marriage age or whatever you my advice is to face your fears head on and especially if it's about loneliness it's tough and I know it's a lot easier said than done but you have to face it head on you have to in order to get over the fears you have to like do it so when it comes to being afraid of being lonely you got to go and be alone if that makes sense right because once you do something that you fear you start to recognize like shit that is not as hard or as bad as I made it seem in my head 
And another great thing I would advocate for too is therapy. Um, I know a lot of my friends are doing therapy and um, I think it's becoming a more common theme for people to have a counselor or have a therapist to discuss your your fears with and things that you're trying to work through. Um, you know, again, I know what it's like to face these things alone. So I've done therapy in the past. But yeah, overall, I know that loneliness is just mental and I'm not dismissing it as like something easy and simple to get over because again, it took me, you know, three years to fully get over it and love being by myself. Um, But something, you know, I, I even know is like a struggle for even certain family members of mine that always ask me are you lonely and it's because they're projecting their own insecurity like they can't be alone and they've never and it's because they've never been alone they've never been alone for long periods of time and that can showcase later on and so I'm an advocate for facing things now so that you don't have to be hit with the reality later because again the longer you prolong something the longer you are living in a perception of reality versus the real reality. So the third question is about truly figuring out what you want. And they said, as, as an example, like quitting school and doing something different. I want to preface that I do believe everyone has a different approach to this and not everyone is going to agree with me, but here's my opinion and here's how I figured it out, per se. So first... My framework around this question of what do you want to do with your life, I don't, be- I don't put that much emphasis on it. I don't act like it's a big question and I don't act like it's something so hard to figure out. And that's the exact reason as to why it has not been hard for me to quote unquote figure it out, which I would still tell you, I don't think I've figured it out. I just think I'm just choosing to live in this purposeful way that in, in a way where I don't make it, I don't cause too much friction to do it, right? So for some people, actually, I would say for a lot of people, we put so much emphasis on this question. It's like this big deal question. It's like you get out of college and you're like, oh, I don't know what I want to do with my life kind of thing. It's like, well, first off, you have not even you have way more than 50 years to live definitely more right you know again assuming everything goes well right but it's it's not like you decide at 22 or 23 what you want to do and that that's your linear path I like the way I see people frame this question it sounds so linear almost like oh I gotta figure it out so I can start to go on this path like no it doesn't really work that way because life doesn't work that way life is not linear income to age is not linear and you know nothing in life is linear like a linear path right so I think the first thing I would do is stop acting like it's such a big deal to fucking figure out what you want to do because it's not the the question should be like again this is actually one of the questions in the card game it's in a perfect fucking world right I mean I'm talking no limits and don't even put a limit on it don't put a cap on it don't put a cap on anything 
what would your ideal life look like? What would your day look like? And if you can't really answer that right now, then that is probably where I would start because I think the issue would be more around why you already create limitations within that question. Because again, the question is about in a perfect world, what would it be? And then the point is, you know, if you want my answer, my answer is really, you know, perfect day. I would still make it really practical. Like my perfect day is waking up naturally at 6 a.m. So no alarm, going to soul cycle early. So actually, I don't know, maybe I'd say waking up at like 6.30 or 7, then going to soul cycle, going to juice, like getting a juice after with a friend that I went to soul cycle with or getting brunch after, right? And then I'd probably, you know, do some work around 10 or 10.30 for a couple of hours, maybe until 3 p.m., 4 p.m., Um, You know, maybe I'd be in meetings or leading a team, like something that involved more connecting with people and not on my computer as much. And then um, maybe around four o'clock, I would go get happy hour, some cocktails, and then meet up for dinner with my boyfriend or husband after, who knows, my partner, partner in crime. (laughs) And then, I don't know, I'd probably go watch the sunset with that person and or one of my best friends, who knows, and then... Um, come home, wind down, watch a show that I love, probably Suits, Law and Order, or uh, Succession, um, and then go to bed and do it again, you know? So I try to make things as realistic and practical as possible, yet the the difficult part in that perfect day is probably A, being able to afford to go to Soul Cycle every single day. Mind you, it's like $38 a class in New York, but again, I'm, I'm not not going to include that in my perfect day quote unquote because that's what I would want to do right it exposes me by showing ah okay that's what you want to do so if you want to get to your perfect day how can you start to afford $38 you know every single day for a class right okay that that's a question that can that's a problem that can be solved um because that's based off of money right it's how can you basically bring in more money to allocate towards that right and then the second question, second part of it that might seem not as easy to attain is the part where you start working for only a couple hours around 10.30, right? But at the very least, now I know that's what I'm working towards. Like I'm working towards that vision and working towards that ideal perfect day versus working towards, oh, I want to I wanna pursue this career or I want to be in this field. Because I find, again, from my experience, when I break it down into a type of day I like or a type of life I like, the lifestyle that I like for myself, I find that it's much easier to incorporate what I want to do as my career, for example, into it. Because because I think, again, a career is important, making money is important, and having a living is important. But if you want to enjoy it and figure it out early on, you have to be realistic with yourself, what you would really do, and then you find something that fits into that lifestyle. So it's kind of like the saying where my friend Mike Yu taught me is, especially with dating, don't qualify yourself for them, but instead let them qualify themselves for you. 
So in this aspect, it's letting a job or whatever it is, whoever it is, it's letting them qualify or letting it qualify into my life based on my ideal version of life. And of course, then it's all a trade-off, right? Like that might mean that you make less in income, whatever that could be, or it might mean you have to sacrifice this. But again, nothing in life is really perfect, but it's good to know where you would stand if you could really choose it, if you could really look at a menu and be like, oh, this is what I would pick. Because I know all of us really, really know deep down what we'd pick. Because if you can't go to a restaurant and know what you'd want to order, well, then you're not going to fucking eat, are you? You'd have to pick something. So that's my point of view in figuring out what you want to do is figure out what your ideal day would be and then your ideal lifestyle. Like what kind of places you would afford to go to or what kind of things you would do. Are you an outdoors person? You like go hiking and go camping or stuff like that? Or are you like a... I don't know, do you like to travel? Like, you know, things like that. The basic stuff that we tend to ignore in incorporating into our lifestyle. But then another extreme question um, that I would ask is if you had six months to live, in your gut, what would you wish you did? Or what would you start doing? And my first instinct, for me personally, I would be like, I would drop everything, pursue music producing, full-time like I'd do it five eight hours a day and I would go travel to uh you know different cities um especially in Europe where house music is big and then you know in New York and Miami and I would just go perform and I would just do that and I I know when I'm in that environment I always get this body feeling like oh my god this is this is it like this is what uh like ecstasy feels like you know like ecstasy I think it's meant to make you feel like this amazing body high or whatever it is I've never had it so I wouldn't know but I think there is like that terminology is used for like feeling really good and feeling bliss I guess you could say and so for me I've always felt this natural bliss around music and house music and the energy of people connecting with one another so for me that's what I would do and taking it back a notch, less extreme, now it's like, okay, how can I make it practical? And how can I actually make that happen, right? So like I said, if I were to die in six months, I would drop everything and do it, you know, work on music five to eight hours a day because that's, you know, you kind of need to build your craft and I'm not doing five to eight hours a day or even 10 hours a day on music, right? Obviously I'm not, but now it's like, okay, if you need, let's say 10,000 hours, right, to become that expert that's something Malcolm Gladwell says in his book Outliers and I agree with it because I I used to practice that many hours in my sports but how can I incorporate making music a certain amount of hours per week or per day to start to build that out maybe three to five years from now that's the way I break it down and this might not be the approach for everyone but again I'm just saying it from my experience and what I've done over the past few years to literally lay out the vision I'm living today. The fourth question I got was about how I navigated the environment change from California to New York. And my biggest advice for anyone 
preparing to move or thinking about moving within the next year or two if you're a long-term thinker, I highly recommend making a lot of visits to that specific area or city. And I know the first instinct might be, well, not everyone has the luxury to travel, you know, that frequent. But again, at the same time, it's like technically if you were to save, you know, let's say on flights for over a period of time and let's say maybe you knew a friend there or maybe you take an Airbnb or something less costly than a hotel, you can make it work. And I'm not saying you have to visit as much as I did, but I, you know, for California, when I moved over when I was 18, by that time I had visited California probably a total of I think like four or maybe five times in like the couple years leading up to it. So I think the first time I visited California, I was 14, maybe 15. And um, I think that was just like the summer vacation. Like my parents, we would go out to California and that's our vacation. And for New York, of course, I grew up on the East Coast. So I visited New York many times, but it's a whole different level when you're living here. And so... The past year, because of remote work and then as I was starting to build up my new business, I was out here in New York City both for like leisure visits as well as work projects because um, some of my clients are in Manhattan. So it really worked out for me in traveling to New York frequently. So again, the past year I was more or less bi-coastal because I was in New York about every five to six weeks. And so over time, it just really validated why New York is going to be a great city for me. I was here during the fall, the winter, and spring and summer. So I was here for all seasons. And again, I grew up on the East Coast, so I know what each season is. So with the environment change, it wasn't that drastic for me, I think, for two main reasons. One, because like I said, New York is already really aligned for me in that it's aligned with my energy, it's aligned with my career, it's aligned with my personal goals, and it's aligned with the types of people I enjoy being around. There's a lot of European culture here, there's a lot of, you know, dining and drinks type of culture here, so I love that, and I love like a hustling and bustling city, like to me I love a city life, and I think I've always dreamed of living in a city long term, you know, my dream would actually be to, you know, live and have, I have a family in Manhattan. And I think what's appealing to that is I grew up in a very rural, small town, 8,000 people. And I've always loved the idea of just living in a big metro city and raising a family there versus like living in the suburbs. So, you know, I think that's why the environment change wasn't big. But If anything, even if you're going to move to a city that is not like necessarily your top pick, but you're moving because of grad school or because of a job, which I will preface with that too. My big thing with that is I hold a strong, I guess, standard about not moving for a job. Now, most people might be like, well, it's not like we have the luxury to. I don't know. That might be debatable because after COVID, I think there's a lot of places that offer fully remote positions and or hybrid. So you're going to have a better chance of moving to your ideal city versus having to move to a city because of a job. But, you know, we're all different, right? If you value like a job or if that's like your number one priority and you'll do anything to be at a certain job because that's kind of 
maybe where your happiness or your value lies, then, you know, that's going to be different. But either way, I would say to try to visit as much as possible, probably at least three to four times would be a really ideal amount of time to really gauge, okay, can I be here? Could I see myself here? And by the time you move there, it won't feel as as hard of a transition because you've experienced that city as if you've lived there. So when I visited New York, I would always go to restaurants and eat with friends and I'd go out and I would just emerge myself in the New York life and culture versus coming as a tourist, which that's what I love to do when I go visit in Europe as well. I always try to immerse myself in the actual lifestyle versus being a visitor. So the last question, which I think is a fun one to answer, my friend (laughs) submitted this one. He asked me, who do you think you'll end up with? And I did answer this a little bit on the IG stories and I always try to be as honest with you guys as possible. But I will say, you know, it's worked well for me in always knowing the type of person that works well or is aligned with me and I've noticed it works well because I'm also open-minded so I'm not restrictive in the type of person I would date however I am self-aware enough to know okay this quality works with me this one doesn't and that goes you know from having dating experience I had a past boyfriend for about four years I dated other people in shorter periods, you know, maybe two to three months kind of thing. So with that being said, as a piece of advice, I do think it's great when you have certain characteristics like, you know, from past partners or whatever, where you can write down like, ah, that really worked for me. That's like a top three preference. And that's something too, like I I write down what my top preferences are, but then I write down even like to be more concise, non-negotiables, like the top three non-negotiables and again each person has their own preference and you're never going to find like the perfect person I don't know if that's I don't know if you're ever going to find perfection but I do think that you can find someone that has your top two or top three non-negotiables because if those are really important for you in having a good relationship then you're going to want to see that someone has those top two or top three Um, but for me personally I will say, you know, I'm not going to be like, okay, this is who I'm going to end up with and I'm not going to make it like very cookie cutter. But at this age, being in, you know, being 24 and with my last relationship ending at 22, you know, I had that college relationship and now I'm entering the phase of life where these relationships are going to be more mature, more serious in a way you know when when you're dating it's like okay you're going to start to look at what the potential is like more so than you went than I was when I was 18 right and so I I find that I tend to be like really compatible with um honestly like either lawyers or someone with a business background maybe like finance or um you know anything of that nature or you know entrepreneurs as well I definitely don't want someone that's like a replica of me because I think that could not be too balanced and you know I love having entrepreneur friends but I think it really depends what kind of entrepreneurial ventures that this person is pursuing to see like if we're actually you know compatible but yeah someone in I think a business background and I've dated people that were you know in the arts background like a cinematographer before and 
while that worked well I just could see why it wouldn't work so well with someone like me <laughs> um, so I've been there and I think also I'm more likely would end up with someone older so probably you know I again said this on the IG story as well but someone probably like between I don't know like seven to I guess 15 years older I suppose like not that I would go at the max but I'm just saying again that's part of being open-minded is that you don't close yourself off to options just because of age or you know whatever but at the same time like you can specify what has and hasn't worked for you and again I people would ask me oh would you date someone younger or your age and of course I will you know and I have a higher probability of meeting people around my age as well when I go out to certain things with my friends but at the same time I'm mindful of what currently works for me today you know it's not like I haven't dated people my age in the recent months it's not like I haven't dated older people in the recent months you know I've, I've seen both sides and I'm like okay this is why this is compatible with these types of people and vice versa so I think each person has their own preference and it's important to know what your top two top three non-negotiables are um, in terms of the qualities of that person and I always advise, you know, don't be cookie cutter and close-minded about who you could and couldn't date, but also be self-aware enough in terms of what your preferences are and what has worked from the past and what hasn't worked from the past. And from there, you're going to be able to at least narrow down better who would be a better partner for you long-term. So that was all for today's little personal Q&A. I hope you enjoyed this and found some value in it. And, you know, this is the type of episode I feel like is fun to listen to when you're doing something mundane, like cleaning the house or, you know, making your bed, whatever that could be, doing laundry. Um, so I hope you guys were able to do that and enjoy it while you were listening. And before you head out, be sure, again, as always, follow the Instagram at you. And exclusive promo code for you listeners, 10% off the card game with the code WHATFULFILLSYOU10 at checkout. Again, that is WHATFULFILLSYOU10 at checkout on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. As an honest disclosure, if you want this card game before the holidays, before Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving kind of thing, um, and or you want to gift this to a friend, be sure to order it during this pre-order period because that's the only way it can be guaranteed to be delivered before holidays. So again, order at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for tuning in and I will check with you guys in the next episode. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.